Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Saturday, May 28th. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's my best Ronald Reagan impression. Today's scripture reading, Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29 from Mike's Amplified Version. And I promise, no more impressions. For you are all fully empowered sons and daughters of God through exercising life-changing trust in the Messiah, Jesus. For as many as took the baptismal plunge into the Messiah emerged fully outfitted with the Messiah. The result? All the usual constricting and dividing human categories lie in the rubble of the prison we left behind. Now, there is no Jew or Greek. There is no slave or free. There is no male or female. And these are just for starters. You add in all the other constricting categories we've managed to carry with us still out of the rubble of our unredeemed past. For this is how it stands now. You. All. One in the Messiah, Jesus. And if you belong to Messiah, then you all are Abraham's offspring in glorious plurality and, by means of the promise, fully empowered heirs. This is God's Word. On June 12, 1987, President Ronald Reagan stood just 100 yards away from the concrete barrier dividing East and West Berlin and uttered some of the most unforgettable words of his presidency. Mr. Gorbachev, oh, I said there'd be no more impressions. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. By the time Reagan traveled to Berlin to commemorate the 750th anniversary of the city's founding, the Berlin Wall had divided the city in half for nearly 26 years. Built and officially closed on August 12, 1961, to prevent disaffected East Germans from fleeing the relative deprivations of life in their country for greater freedom and opportunity in the West, the wall was more than just a physical barrier. It also stood as a vivid symbol of the battle between communism and democracy that divided Berlin, Germany, and the entire European continent during the Cold War. These are the words of Sarah Pruitt from an article on History.com. Sarah going on to observe that what began as a barbed wire fence, policed by armed guards, was soon fortified with concrete and guard towers completely encircling West Berlin and separating Berliners on both sides from their families, jobs, and the lives they'd known before. Over the next 28 years, thousands of people would risk their lives to escape East Germany over the Berlin Wall, and some 140 were killed in the attempt. It was two years after Reagan's speech that the announcement was made by the East German government that its citizens could now freely cross into West Germany resulting in a spontaneous gathering of citizens from both sides of the wall, armed with hammers and chisels, who over the next days and weeks would literally themselves tear down virtually that entire wall that had separated them for decades. 
Not a bad image to lay alongside the radical reality Paul proclaims here in this dramatic crescendo topping off the first three pages of his letter to the Galatians. Here is no impassioned plea to tear down this wall. Now here is the dramatic pronouncement that this wall has in fact been torn down, beckoning us to clear the rubble and embrace a common humanity across all imposed barriers and boundaries past, present, and future. Or to suggest another image, it's as if a prison in which we had been locked into separate cells had suddenly been rocked off its foundation and all the prison doors opened. Curiously enough, Paul himself experienced this very thing while imprisoned in Philippi. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. All the prison doors were opened. Since Paul pictures the giant hairball of the law as the ever-present warden in the prison of our moral mess, keeping us in line, keeping us in our cells, this is perhaps an even more appropriate metaphor here, though Paul leans heavily into the wall metaphor on page two of his letter to the Ephesians. Now, just imagine if that announcement was made about the wall no longer being enforced, no longer hindering free access between East and West, and nobody moved. No spontaneous crowd gathers, no hammers, no chisels, no change. Everything and everyone just carries on as before. Now, at least they have a theoretical knowledge that the wall's not there as they continue to live with its reality and to enforce it. Or, conversely, imagine the prison rocked off its foundations with every chain broken and every door opened and nobody moved. In fact, curiously, according to Luke and Acts 16, it would seem that nobody did move. They were all still in what remained of the outline of their cells, perhaps too stunned to react. But how many would in fact remain in their cells indefinitely, awaiting a refastening of the chains and a rehanging of the doors? Red in the Shawshank Redemption called it being institutionalized. In so long, you have no idea what to do when you get out. Like Joe Danby in Support Your Local Sheriff, we just stay in our barless cell behind the chalk line on the floor, beak to the ground like mesmerized chickens. Yeah, imagine that. That's what it's like to have the reality of a rock jailhouse or a dismantled wall happen right before our eyes and then to revert back to the cells of religious tribalism through demanded circumcision or the cells of human case systems based on wealth, status, or race or the cells of patriarchal normalcies rooted more in the cracks of Genesis 3 and 4 than the creation harmonies of Genesis 1 and 2. Paul's dramatic pronouncement isn't meant to make us ooh and ah over a really cool thought like a line of poetry passing by as we then get on with business as we've always done business and will always do business. It's meant to rock us to the core. More than that, it's meant to launch us over the wall and out of the cell, leaving the rubble behind as we now walk together across all bounds along the good road from above that is the kingdom of God, 
as mutual, fully empowered heirs of all things God. And to walk out the full implications of this rocking and dismantling in our time and space? Ah, now there is a grand adventure indeed. Or are we too institutionalized as we wait for new chains and rehung doors, sewing up the torn veil in the temple for good measure while we're waiting? Ah, once more into the breach, my dear kith and kin. Whew. Pause to breathe, he says to himself more than to anyone else. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. We just finished the third page of Paul's letter. Actually, we just water skied over the surface a bit, didn't we? So, time for a reread of the entire page, yes? In fact, perhaps do one better and reread pages one through three together in one sitting. It'll just take you like 10 minutes or so. Feel the flow of Paul's thought and passion. See what new insights arise. And then pause for another breath in a moment of personal reflection and prayer. How does Paul's impassioned crescendo, we are all one in Christ Jesus, practically rock you and your cultural, relational, social, and political world to the core? Or does it make you just ooh and ah, ooh, ah, or perhaps even a more dismissive, oh yeah, okay, yeah, we all know that. What implications for how we do life together do you see here in Paul's words? How are you being challenged to step outside of your cell and make this reality, well, reality? Lord, the prison bars are broken. The chains have dropped, the doors unhinged, the wall torn down. Give me freedom beyond the rubble and the wisdom not to rebuild the wall or rehang the doors or sew up that veil. Show me how to truly be free and how in and through this freedom to practice the deepening reality. There is no Jew or non-Jew. There is no slave or free. There is no male or female. Enough of business as usual. Bring on your kingdom, through which all is turned inside out and right side up. Through your spirit, with, upon, and in us. Amen.